0: Welcome! Here at Waterstone, we focus on living and loving like Jesus. In practice, this means that we connect with one another, engage in justice, and serve sacrificially. We are so glad that you're here and invite you to join us in person. If you're able to attend weekend services, we gather on Saturdays at 5.30 and on Sundays for one service at 10. Also, if you're looking for a place to celebrate Christmas, we welcome you to come on December 24th, to one of our Christmas Eve services at 1, 3, or 5 p.m. You can find more details about the day at waterstonechurch.org. We look forward to connecting with you. Well, good morning, Waterstone. How are you all doing this morning? It is wonderful to see your faces. My name is Madison Campbell, and if you don't know me, I am on the preaching team here at Waterstone. I also have the privilege of working for an organization called Alpha, and if you don't know what Alpha is, we're essentially a a series of weeks where people come together, they share a meal, we have a conversation and a talk, and we explore questions of life and faith and meaning from a Christian perspective, Uh, but really any and all belief systems are welcome to come into that space, just have open dialogue, and I really get the privilege of getting to know some really amazing people. So. I oversee Colorado for Alpha and I love my job, but I also love being here with you all at Waterstone. That is not what I'm talking about this morning is Alpha. Instead, we are gonna be talking actually about the three wise men. Uh, But first, will you just pray with me as we enter into this morning? Lord Jesus, I come before you. Father, I offer the next 30 minutes to you. Lord, asking that you will move. Father, that you will speak through me. Lord, that you will be stirring in our hearts what you have planned for us. God, we welcome you into this space. In your holy name I pray, amen. So I don't know about you, but I have had a number of holiday and Christmas parties that I've already been to. And honestly, they are one of my absolute favorite parts of the season. Partially because I love anything free, and also because I love food. So you put those two things together, and I am there because (laughs) it means I didn't have to cook something, and I also really love seeing what your family tradition produces, whether it's your grandma's babka or your mom's butter cookies. They're just one of my favorite things to go to. But this year I had a really unique experience. So because I oversee Colorado, it means that there are not many other Alpha. members in the state of Colorado. So I work out of a shared workspace in downtown Littleton where there are realtors and investors and people who do things with drones that are way smarter than me, and we all came together for our very first holiday party at Shift Workspaces. This was a gathering of three different locations in one spot where we were invited to enjoy the festivities of the season through belly dancers and, I know, flamethrowers, and a charcuterie table. We were all supposed to dress in white, but the most interesting part of this holiday party was not that the attraction was the belly dancers or the food, but there was a really long line that remained throughout the entire evening of, of small room and people going in and out, in and out, waiting to hear what the tarot card reader had for them. See, the greatest attraction for our holiday party was not anything that you would typically associate with Christmas time, but it was people who were hoping that this tarot card reader would have some piece of truth or meaning, some direction, maybe insight to love or connection for them. They were hoping to come out of this room ready for the season with some new information that they hadn't had before. See, they were seeking for something more. Now, you might hear this story, and I think we can really hear it in one of two ways. First, you might have some disdain, maybe sorrow, or, or be really discouraged that this is the place that our world has come, and how could they have a holiday party? We couldn't even call it a Christmas party. There wasn't even a Christmas tree there. Or... And I think that this is really where where I want to call us to this morning is to hear this through the ears and, and see this through the eyes of Christ, that there are people all around us who are searching, searching for meaning, searching for hope, searching for truth, hoping that there will be something that helps guide them in this life. Each person who walked in that room was looking for something more, and, and I think that the journey of a seeker is something that we really can learn from and something I wanna call us to lean into in this Advent season, because there are seekers all around us. And I think the Magi are one of the greatest stories of seekers in the New Testament. So we're gonna be looking through the journey of the Magi and putting our framework to this world and, and where we are in this day and time to learn a little bit more about how we can interact with seekers. And if you are a seeker sitting here, I want to say, great, (laughs) continue that journey of seeking, because I believe you will find when you seek truth. And if you are sitting here going, well, but I've already sought and I've found, so what relevance does this have for me? I want to pause before we jump into anything. And I want to challenge you to really be thinking of the people in your life who might be seeking. Whether you've written them off as completely lost or you've just encountered them, be listening to this through the lens of how you can continue to help them on their journey of seeking. So whether you have sought and found or whether you are currently seeking, this is for you, but put on that lens, maybe get some of those names in your mind, and as you listen to this, ask the Lord to be speaking to you of how he might use you in this season. This is going to be a practical sermon, okay? So I have a challenge for you up front, and I'll be following up with that at the end, but be thinking of who that can be. Okay, so we've already said the wise men are seekers, but who were the wise men? Well, they come from a very long lineage of magi or wise men. Uh, Fun fact, the plural of magi is, or singular of magi is magus, magus. I have no idea how to pronounce that, but I thought it was very interesting. So now you know something new. Uh, They were a group of people that were actually separated from their peers for being wise, for being really good researchers. Typically, they were diviners or sorcerers or mystics in their own right. And they were brought together for specific purposes of trying to read the universe. So often they were also astrologers, reading the stars and, and trying to interpret messages that the sky might be giving them. They they started centuries before Jesus. And what's very interesting is Daniel, from Daniel in the lion's den, was a magi. And his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, from the fiery furnace, were also called to be magi in their own right. In Babylon, they brought the good news of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the order of the Magi. And now that was 500 years before this moment that we are in in the Bible. And so things got a little twisted when years happened because prophecies weren't always fulfilled. And, you know, as life goes over hundreds of years, people begin to believe in different things. But know that there was the history of very, very dedicated followers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that were part of the lineage of the Magi. So these men who are from Persia, likely, or somewhere in the east, have this lineage of being truth seekers, but also readers of the universe. And so that's why the star was such a significant part of this story. So when we jump into Matthew 2, verse 2, we're going to put on the lens of what is the first thing that we see in a seeking process. Seeking leads to curiosity. When it says they came to Herod and the very first thing they do is they ask a question. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Seeking leads to curiosity. Seeking leads to question asking, to searching through things, to really going deep into what we think might bring us to a place of truth. This past week, I, I had the privilege of meeting a guy who moved from Boston to Colorado. And I was very curious at that, of why would somebody who was from Boston come to Colorado? And he said, you know, I, I was searching for new ageism. And I heard that, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. And he said, well, I grew up nominally in a Christian home. I think I went to a few Christmas services. But really, I I was over my head in New Ageism and really trying to find something more in that. So I came to Colorado because this was a hub. And the more I got into New Ageism, the more depraved I was. The more I sought New Ageism, the more desolate I became until somebody invited me to a gathering of Christians, and while I didn't have an experience there, I watched my friend give his life to Jesus, and it was through seeing him find freedom that I saw that that was really what I was searching for, so I gave my life to Jesus, and that was two years ago, but it was his curiosity his willingness to seek out where truth might be, where, where meaning and purpose might be, that ultimately led him to being willing to accept an invitation to a Christian gathering. See, seeking leads to curiosity in the most important way because it brings us into new spaces. Now, you might be thinking of that person that I prompted you to at the beginning going, yeah, but they are so far down that path. I don't know how curiosity could ever bring them back to this spot. Never, ever, ever underestimate the willingness of someone to ask spiritual questions. Because when we seek truth, we know that the one who is true is the one who will be found. And we know that a journey of seeking doesn't often mean just a straight and narrow, no bumps, no hitches, no twists and turns. I think we're all human in this room. I believe, so I don't see any robots. And that means that we all have personally also experienced that our lives are not just smooth sailing. We all have had moments of, oh, I don't know that I really believe that anymore. or That was really tough internally and has caused me to question. Or maybe some of you are sitting here and going, yeah, you're, you're telling my story right now. I, I was completely down a path of a, of a different thing. I was. Part of New Ageism. And now I know Jesus. And I think that this is the second part of a seeker's journey, is that seeking leads to obstacles and enemies. We see this in verse three of this chapter where it says, When King Herod heard this, and all Jerusalem with him, or sorry, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Jesus coming to this world was not clean cut. He had enemies from the moment he was born. See, Herod considered himself to be the king of the Jews. So when he had the Magi come to him and say, Where is the king of the Jews? he was a little disturbed because he was like, Wait, I, I'm the king of the Jews. What do you mean, where's the king of the Jews? He's here. And this suddenly put him on the defensive because he was wondering, okay, who's claiming my role? Who do I need to be seeking out so that I can worship him, really kill him, so that I can continue to carry this power? Seeking leads to enemies, but it also leads to obstacles. The Magi were told come from the east, which means that they tried to travel over 700 miles to get from Persia to Jerusalem and ultimately to Bethlehem. This was not a short journey. They didn't have jets like we do now. This was a long, arduous journey over mountains and valleys and hills. They didn't exactly know where they were going, which means they probably took a few wrong turns on the way trying to follow this elusive star that we aren't actually told was shining necessarily in the daytime, maybe it was just at night, like what did this journey look like for these wise men who were seeking, who were encountering obstacles on their way of seeking truth. Even more than that, we don't know exactly when the wise men found Jesus, but likely it was between eight months to two years So it wasn't as if Jesus was born and we flip the page and the wise men are there like it seems in our Bibles. It took a much longer period of time. And they had the hope that they would find something. But can you imagine that after a month, after a year, after a year and a half, maybe five years for some of the people that we're talking about, you might begin to lose hope. You might begin to wonder, will I ever actually find what I've been looking for? Is is truth really out there? Is meaning, is purpose really something that can be in my life? Because it seems like I've hit so many obstacles, I don't know that that's on on the end of all of this. Seeking has enemies and obstacles. But, but, Herod, Christ's first enemy, was precisely the person who directed the wise men to Bethlehem. Jesus' enemy was the one who brought worshipers straight to his feet. Because they didn't know where they could find Jesus. It actually took Herod and all of Jerusalem with him to go back to the prophecy to say, oh, The Savior is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. That's where you can find the king of the Jews. In someone's life, an enemy, while it is a terrible thing and and may bring hurt to our lives, can be used to direct us to the king. Jesus' enemy was used (laughs) to bring him worshipers. Nothing is lost when it is in God's hands. As you think of these people in your life, as you hear stories that may break your heart, pray, ask that God will use those obstacles, use those enemies, use the the unexpected to bring them to him. Seeking is a journey that can ultimately lead someone to truth but it does have twists and turns. Now, thankfully, we see in the story that the Magi did find Jesus. And I think this is part of the joyous experience of seeking because seeking leads to joy and worship. We read in verses 10 through 11, that says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. See, Jesus, I, I had to sit and think about this for a moment. Because we, here we have a group of men who are fully grown, who come to a stable or a home, wherever Jesus was. And they see a child, possibly an eight-month-old, possibly a two-year-old. And joy and worship comes out of them. When was the last time you saw a toddler and you were like, oh, I must bow down to you? That's not typically what our response is when we see children. And yet, part of this seeking journey, part of the long journey that they have had to getting to Jesus means that they knew exactly when they had found what they were looking for. That even though Jesus was a child and not anything that they had expected, they knew the King When they saw him. See, the process and journey of seeking is significant because it helps us to see what is not true. It helps us to discern oh, this wasn't the meaning I was looking for. This wasn't the person who was going to bring ultimate truth to my life. It makes us ready so that when we encounter truth, when we encounter the living King, we know him. And we are so ready to worship. We are so overjoyed in that space, even if it's unexpected. I I was with my my West Coast team for Alpha this past week, and I, I got to hear the story of one of my friends who was in a rehabilitation center in Washington who was invited on an Alpha course went through the whole process and he he had friends he had free meals and it was great but part of the alpha process is that you go on a weekend together and that is a space where just like all of us when we go on a a retreat have some refreshment and it's it's just a space where your brain is in a different sphere and you're not in your normal routine and sometimes things happen when we're taken out of our norms. Well, it didn't happen for him. (laughs) It happened for some of his friends who who gave their lives to Christ. And he was happy for them. But ultimately, he went home the next day and was reflecting on what he experienced that weekend. And some of his friends' experiences. Feeling no different. Having no life or heart change in that space. But all of a sudden, he he told me. (laughs) he's like, I was sitting in my recliner in my living room. And suddenly Jesus hit me and I was filled with a joy and a peace that I have never experienced before and I knew that this is what every drug I had ever tried, every substance I had ever abused and was looking to be filled by, this was what I was looking for. But I have tried every drug under the sun and not one of them could fill me like Jesus did. Jesus may not be exactly what we're expecting, but when we seek and we go through the journey, we know what we're looking for when we find it. So seeking brings joy and worship from us. Think about when you found Jesus. For some of you, maybe that was years, maybe decades ago. Did that inspire joy and in worship? And are you in a space where you are still seeking God now to fill you with joy and worship? See, seeking is not just an A to B, you've arrived journey. This is something that we learn from the Magi is that it's continual. We don't just arrive and go, sweet, I've checked the box, I found Jesus, now I can go on my merry way and never have to think about it again. The last thing that we learn about a seeker's journey, so we have curiosity, we have obstacles and enemies, we have joy in worship, but finally, and this is a space where many of us here may be standing, is that seeking leads to intimacy with God. As the Magi were packing up to leave their time with Jesus and Mary and Joseph, we read that they're told in a dream not to go back by the way in which they came, so as to avoid Herod, because God knew that Herod's intent was to harm Jesus, possibly the Magi, who knows, but out of a relationship Out of seeking and finding God, they created an intimate relationship with him where they were beginning a process of discerning, where they knew the Lord's will, where God was protecting and guiding their way. See, God did not just show himself to them as the true one and then leave. He walked alongside of them and their trajectory was changed. Seeking, continual seeking leads to intimacy with God what does finding the king inspire in you are you seeking that deeper intimacy if you have found jesus have you stopped being a seeker see the wise men were seekers but they weren't just seekers of anything they were seekers of the king Your journey has not stopped if you found Jesus. I want to encourage you today to keep on that process. Be curious about who God is, about what he's doing. What would it look like for you to sit and ask, God, I'm curious, what are you doing in Littleton? What are you doing in Waterstone? What are you doing in my life? What what would curiosity look like? in your life to be sparked up to bring deeper intimacy with God to inspire joy in worship for some of you you might say well I found Jesus but I I think I'm in a space that's a little dry I I don't know that I've really experienced the living God in a while and and I think I've I've encountered more real enemies than I have a real God keep going keep going. Seeking is a journey, and God is with you in that. If you are feeling the desolation or maybe isolation of of this season and wondering how God could possibly show up, don't be isolated in that. Some of the ways that that our journey as seekers, as Christians go, is by sharing. Sharing either our hardships or sharing our joys. Encouraging one another. See, seeking is never meant to be a singular process. It happens in community. So I want to encourage you to continue to share that space. And then I want you to think back to the beginning of this time when I said, who are seekers in your life? Who are people that maybe you have said, you know what? They're lost. (laughs) They're never going to find it. They they are so far down that path. I can't do anything with it. I want to ask you, what does your relationship with those wise men look like in your life? How are you pursuing them daily? How are you being a signpost, directing them to the king of kings? See, this is the place that I want to challenge you this morning If you don't know seekers or you don't know what to do with seekers in your life, here's the most practical thing you can do. You ready? It's a little cheesy. Be a star. The wise men didn't know to seek until they saw the star. They weren't looking for the Savior until this star appeared. And then they knew, oh, something's coming. What does it look like for you to be a star in someone's life? For you to reflect the image and likeness of Christ, to get them to pause? Or or maybe as they reflect, wow, that person was so kind to me. Wait, you're going to church on Christmas? Why? Wait, you generously gave instead of getting a present for yourself? What? You helped me? What does it look like for you to be a star, to be a signpost that there is a living king and he's just over here? Be a star. Continually shine the light of Christ so that people know to seek or as they are seeking to know that there is hope coming. Be a star. And finally, if you are in that space, where you're like, I'm dry. I don't know that I have the hope and joy of Christ. Keep seeking. Part of our role as Christians is to continually be seeking after God, not because he's elusive, not because he needs you to pursue him to validate his godliness, but because there is more to be found. God is so much greater than anything we can imagine. And he has so much more to offer you in your life. Where have you arrived and said, I'm satisfied. I don't need to know more. Where have you wondered, "Oh, God, could you possibly have anything else? Because I think I've done every Bible study. I've tried everything and I'm just not finding more. God has more, more to offer you because he is infinite and great. But part of the seeking journey is not only that we receive, but that we are directing others to seeing who Christ is, to finding, to being seekers. So don't be a seeker simply for consumerism. Be a seeker to be a signpost. I was convicted literally yesterday morning by a couple I was sitting down with who asked me, and and maybe you're not in this space, but it really caused me to pause they said are you trying to function and survive off a meal you ate 20 years ago instead of living off of daily bread are you trying to be buoyed in this journey of life off of stories that happened 5 10 15 20 years ago and not actively experiencing the living god keep seeking Have a heavenly curiosity and ask God what He might be doing for you, for the person who you think might be lost, for the person you have lost hope for because of the obstacles that have been in their journey. Keep seeking. This morning, as we wrap up, I'm going to challenge you again. Maybe you had people at the very beginning of this sermon that have been pinging through your mind and you've been going, oh, okay, they're not leaving. I was really hoping that I'd forget about them by the end of this, but God, I think you might be calling me to something. For others of you, you might be sitting here going, yeah, but I'm still really dry, and I'm not in a place to be that signpost. We're going to take a moment, and if you're comfortable, will you just close your eyes and put out your hands? I promise nothing's going to (laughs) happen, and if you don't want to put out your hands, that's totally fine. I'm going to lead us in just a short, reflective prayer of surrender. So Lord Jesus, we invite you into this space. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will be inspiring us. First, for those who are in our lives, who do not yet know you, who are seeking, who have not yet found you. Lord, for those who maybe we have given up hope for. God, I ask that you will forgive us for writing them off. But Lord, also we ask that you will be giving us opportunities to be stars in their lives. Father, that you will give us a deep compassion and conviction that you are worth being found, but Lord, that you can use elements of someone's journey to bring them to you. And Lord, for the second group of us, Father, who who may be feeling as though we are in a fog or removed from you, Father, we have stopped seeking, or maybe we are seeking, and we, we have encountered so many obstacles and enemies we don't know where truth is god i pray that in this moment you will meet us you will meet those who are crying out god will you show me where you are because i can't see a star and lord will you show yourself as the living and active god restore our hope restore our heavenly curiosity and god will you move in this space lord we give these requests to you and father we ask that you will show up in such real ways that it is undeniable that you are the king of kings lord we love you and we thank you for this space in your holy name i pray